When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fanatical Elves Show, part of the Elves Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. Everybody, it is the Fanatical Elves show, and we are the, your wild and crazy hosts. I'm John Suchan. This is Steve Gill, and we are excited. You are here on this Thursday night. We're going to talk about the Browns, of course. It has been a full week. We have lots to talk about coming off of a heartbreaking loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Steve, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. Spent my day getting ready to write my article for ClevelandSportsTalk.com, my preview article, Cardinals versus Browns, why am I watching? And I also would uh, take a break every once in a while, listen to the mm. new Beatles single. Ooh, the new Probably Beatles Probably their single. last one. Um, yes, it's really weird to hear a 40-year-old John Lennon and an 80-year-old Paul McCartney in a recording singing perfect heart and harmony uh, with guitar licks by George Harrison and drums by Ringo Starr. It's, it's, I am a diehard Beatles fan ever have. I've, ever, I've been oh, one cool. since they first came to Cleveland in September of 1964. I have never wavered for my support for the Beatles. I, I love everything they do. That's why I have Sirius XM in my car just for the yes. Beatles channel. Oh my gosh. That's, that is loyalty. <laughs> that's great. I love them. So they put they a new never song disappoint. In. Not unlike the Browns, they never disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I listened to your show at the beginning of the week, Dog Pound South. Check it out. Steve Gill does a great job, brings it every every Monday, and um, he kind of got the ball rolling this week uh, with you know kind of our reactions I, to everything. Yeah, listen Steve. to your show as well, John. <laughs> yes, well, you know, and um, I think you know. W- we were all disappointed. Uh, we, we, uh, but, but you know, you consider everything that went on in that game. Um, I, we had a chance to, uh, some of us, uh, Rod Bloom, who does the Browns blitz and Joel Cade, who does the, what the elf was that we all met, uh, together over in Dayton, uh, and watched, uh, the game together. And it, the game got off to a rocky start. Um, 14, nothing looked really bleak, came back. I was really impressed just how the offense, and again, behind P.J. Walker, who everyone is still wanting to bash because of some other things that happened in the later in the game, um, you know, he helped, and the team got back in it. They uh, coached Stefanski. Uh, I did my overreaction Monday show, and in support of good old steady Eddie, because I have been a critic of, 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 of Kevin over the years. But again, um, watching that game and seeing how it progressed and how it it ended up, 
you know, there's been a lot of critics um, out there, just crazy, silly, stupid <laughs> Browns fans who are trying to really bash Kevin uh, for a third down and three play that didn't work out because it was not executed. And unfortunately, a helmet got in the way and it was bad luck. And, uh, you know, I I was really at the moment watching that game, and I don't know about you, Steve, I, I kind of wanted your reaction to that. I know you kind of talked about it early in the week. But at the moment, seeing that, what I thought after that happened, and obviously it was bad luck, but I said, okay, well, this is another opportunity for the Cleveland Browns defense to put together a stop. They got the ball at the – like the, the Seahawks started at close to their 40 or 45-yard line. They still right. needed to get at least 20 or 30 yards to get in within field goal range. And and even beyond that, let's say they just give them the field goal, we go to overtime. But instead, the Seahawks just managed to easily – Worked their way down and scored a touchdown. And I, I, I like Jim Schwartz. I like our defense. We've been able to put strings of uh, series, stopping series against teams like the 49ers, teams like the Seahawks. But again, they faltered. And so when that happened, that was really what I was thinking about at the end of the game was how too easy it was again. And the Browns had an opportunity and they just blew it. And I wasn't really upset with the offense as much as, Everybody's trying to critique Kevin and PJ Walker. Steve, what do you think about everything? Um, well, I was very impressed with the offense. We saw more screen passes than I think we've seen. <laughs> and they yeah. were all well executed. I mean, over the middle, left, right. Uh, we finally got to see how good Pierre Strong is. Thank you. Uh, I've been calling for them to play him more. Um, uh, Kareem Hunt looks like Kareem Hunt again. Um, uh, it's just, I, I'm, I'm worried about this defense third mm-hmm. week in a row. They've given up a hundred yard rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, on Monday, uh, they played seven games and only two of them, they had, uh, less than 10 missed tackles. And that was mm-hmm. the first game against the Bengals and against the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, they, people are running on them. Uh, this was a little concern of mine with the Jim Schwartz defense when they are making uh, such an effort, and he and he mentioned this today. It was coordinator day in Berea. He mentioned uh-huh. this when you're you know put so much pressure on the on the 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 quarterback, you create running lanes. Mm-hmm. And what's the problem is is the linebackers and the safeties have to cover those lanes, and you're mm-hmm. seeing uh, dope it out of position. You saw that a lot in the first half in Indianapolis, uh, Juan mm. Thornhill. He's a, he's a great pickup, but his big knock was he wasn't a very good tackler. And, um, you know, he J. got Kay, exposed. He got exposed in that last play of the game. In this yeah. game just yeah. like yeah. Delpit got exposed in yeah. the first half versus the Colts. So, you know, I fully expect um, them to get healthy this week against the Cardinals. Uh, James Conner is on IR, uh, and his backup is, has not practiced in two days. Okay. So, um, and he had 195 yards against the uh, Baltimore Ravens? Ravens last wow. week. Wow! So 195. Yeah, their yeah, their their offensive line is a is a good run blocking group. Okay. Um, 
but you know they they they're high up in the rankings in in rushing offense because James Conner was healthy, and mm. uh, he's not healthy anymore. And this other guy is not healthy. I don't know who they're going to start at running back. Mm. I can't imagine them. They're going to start Carlin Murray coming off well, of ACL, right. and we're going to get to see Mr. Toon. Well, my 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 so. nightmare as a Browns fan, and this goes back a couple of years, but when the Browns still were with Baker Mayfield and all that group, I think it was 2019, 2020, I think it was 2019, Cardinals came in, and that was a completely different team, obviously, with Kyler Murray. J.J. And they Watt were, show. Yes, <laughs> and they crushed us. At, at, well, at home. the last was, time they played there, they they crushed the Browns with Kyler Murray. I think that was twenty twenty one. Yeah, that was in, out. In of, that was out in game. Arizona, right? No, oh, it was, was that in Cleveland. Cleveland? Okay. Yeah, both yeah, of the was... last two games. You know, it's just Kyler Murray. I think is two and zero versus the Browns. Well, that's so, why I feel like they're going to start him, but you don't no. think they will? Okay, I don't think that. I, I don't think they will. I didn't see any notes about practicing uh yesterday he he was on the side throwing to the practice squad players and this clayton tune i think that's his name yeah clayton tune t-h-u-n-e was throwing to the first teamer so i think they're going to throw him out there yeah it's you know here we are on thursday and neither team knows who their starting quarterback is (laughs) and do you think part of that though is strategy right i mean yeah Right, you don't. You're trying not to. You know, because the Browns don't know who to prepare for. The Cardinals don't know who exactly to prepare for, and so it's just sort of this chess battle going back between the two teams. Yep, that's probably more of what that is. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about Deshaun here in just a minute. Um, no, just final takes on, you know, that game. Um, you know, boy, as a Browns fan. I, you know, at the beginning of that game, like we said, they got down 14 nothing. They fought back, got back in. It took the lead, had the lead, had 37 minutes of time of possession to Seattle's yeah, 23. See, and you just, that's the you just, thing. Yeah. I mean, they control the clock in just about every game. Uh, well, and, and, and they I, had, and like you said, Steve, they have in your art, in your um, podcast, you, I'm glad you brought this to the forefront. The last three games, the Browns running backs have averaged about 150, 160 yards. Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. You know, all these people still tearing down. Even today, I hear people criticizing the Browns run game and the and the Browns passing game still. And I'm thinking, I, I know we're not elite, maybe, and we don't have, but I we don't have the names of running back right now, but we're putting some nice numbers together. And and again, we put some nice numbers together, but we it, it was at the expense of a loss. So that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Well, you know, they're using uh, the short passing game to set up the run, mm. and it's working. Uh, and the offensive line for the third week in a row has played very well. Yes. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing the difference pre-bye week and post-bye week. Well, I don't know what yeah. Bill Callahan did to change things, but whatever it is, he's a genius. Because they're about- playing really well as a group. Dewan Jones got injured. Practice though. today. Oh, he did. Shoulder injury. And Wills. Jedrick Wills, Wills did practice. Both okay. practice today. So okay. that's good. And you said uh, David Bell was on the sideline. Some people he thought was because, on the sideline. Yeah. Um, uh, DPJ got traded. 
Um, Ellie, or yeah, you, um, did, Joel. You notice, did you notice in the second half of the Seattle game that Elijah Moore was returning punts and not DPJ? I no, I did not notice that. I noticed it right off, and I thought, oh, okay, he might be part of a package, a training right. package, because he wasn't going to resign next year, and you might as well get something for him. Right. I mean, well, uh, and it's nice that they got, like uh, Joel said, you know, they got a six round pick, which is what what he got drafted as a six round pick. And Joel described it as, as brilliance on the part of art, uh, Andrew Barry. Um, and that yeah. Brown's front office getting four years, then getting that six round pick back. And he was explaining how other great teams in the past, like the Patriots had done this for, for a decade or two where they, you yeah. know, they get the maximum amount of, of production out of these picks, these fourth, fifth, sixth rounders. And then they get them back, you know, they get trade them away. And so, and I, and I'll tell you what, DPGA doesn't, you never like, there's a character, there's a guy in that, in this Brown team who you never really heard a lot from personally, but when you did and what you saw him doing, like on social media, some of the things he was very much into the community and helping and going to hospitals and meeting with kids. And I, you know, kids from uh, Michigan, I know some people, didn't like that. Uh, those of us who live here in the Buckeye state, but I always appreciated him as a player. I thought he really uh, handled, you know, being a Cleveland Brown very well. Oh yeah. I mean, he wasn't the fastest. He was put in uh, advantageous situations when he made big plays. Yeah. Uh, he blocked well uh, in the run game. When you have Nick Chubb, you kind of have to, help out and probably his greatest strength was he was very good in uh, with uh, contested catches. I mean, yes. that was his, that was his thing. But this year with all the different quarterbacks thrown, he just kind of got lost in the shuffle and uh, the emergence of uh, David Njoku, who is just having a phenomenal season. I, I don't hear anybody complaining about that contract this year. I mean, he's just, he's just having a season. And oh. if we can get some consistent quarterback play, I think Elijah Moore will get a lot more catches. When you uh, watch, he, um, I think he leads the teams in reception, but he's always open. PJ Walker in the game uh, Sunday. I remember at some point, maybe it was late second, probably early third quarter, they showed his stat line. And what I remember thinking to myself was, that's a pretty good day so far. He was at that point, he was, it was like 13 of 17 or 18 for 200 and some 13, yards. And then, 13, but then I think it was 13 of 18. Cause I, I saw and, that same stat. Line. Yes. And then he never like he, I think he hit one or two more passes the rest of the, or maybe three more, four more. I forget how many he finished with, but that, but it ballooned where he had incompletion after incomplete. He was at a, a lot more. So, but I mean, early on, I looked at that and I'm going, like, I wanted to take a snapshot saying, this kid, he's pretty, he's doing what he needs to be doing. Now he faltered at the end, but I just get really annoyed with the, this, our fan base sometimes who are so quick. And I know uh, Joel talked about this on his show. We're going to talk about it a little bit after the break about social media. But I just thought, again, I don't think we're giving PJ Walker enough credits. I think he's two and one. I think he's helped his team win two games and he's not chopped liver. The kid's not just crap. I know he's inconsistent, 
but I feel every time I, he goes out there, I'm feeling pretty confident. Now I know he's messing up and throwing interceptions and doing some things or bumbling the ball uh, once in a while, but no, really come on now. Like, you know, you look at other quarterbacks around the league. It's, it wasn't like Deshaun Watson, even when he was in there. I mean, obviously he's a much better, you know, experienced quarterback, you know, top 15, top 20, top 10 quarterback, but he wasn't doing anything fancy. I mean, beyond the things we already know about Deshaun. I mean, the kid can run, he can, he can create PJ Walker's not exactly like that, but I just think we should be giving PJ a little bit more respect and this idea of, well, we need to go to DTR. Like PJ Walker started the last three games. I mean, I think for consistency, two and one in those games. Exactly. And, and you know, the team is four and three. Um, and they've given the ball away 17 times. Most wow. in the league. And wow. any team that does that should be like two and five. Yes. Uh, the only reason they're four and three, and I, you know, I know people don't want to hear this, but it's because of Kevin Stefanski. We, we call him Steady Eddie because he's a steadying influence. I mean, that game calling prior to that third and three, if you're going to complain about that third and three and, and say fire him, you got to turn around and say for the rest of the game, he called a damn good game. Oh, it was brilliant. I mean, and the brilliant. beginning of that Indianapolis game, when he saw Deshaun Watson didn't have it, he took him out and did not put him back in. Exactly. That's, yeah. Uh, growing as a coach. And he's also yeah. better at game management and his play calling, you know, Forget about the third and three. If that thing didn't bounce off the helmet, it would have been first down. The guy was open. He was throwing to mm-hmm. uh, get the first down, okay. chew up clock, game over. Browns come home. They're, 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 you know, they're five and two and nobody's talking about it. But there's a segment of the fans who just don't like Kevin Stefanski. And I don't get it. Well, let's, we're going to switch. We're going to talk a little bit about Deshaun after the break and about social media. So this is the Fanatical Elves Network. Uh, I'm your host, John Suchan, and I'm along here with my co-host, uh, Steve Gill. And uh, we will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back here on the Fanatical Elves show. Hope you enjoyed those commercials. And um, so we were talking about the I Browns did. and how, yes, we uh, the Browns had a tough loss against Seattle. But and now they're, we're gearing up for the Cardinals. We've talked a little bit about it already. But I'm going to show this little, uh, we're going to talk about, about Deshaun. We, <laughs> this has kind of been circulating um, in social media. And so I wanted to show everybody this. Maybe you've seen this on uh, different platforms, but oh, um, yeah. this is the Deshaun injury cycle. It's hilarious because, you know, we had one for Baker Mayfield um, and they've just put in new categories, but yeah. this is uh pretty, uh, we are here. Deshaun comes back to practice, which he did on Friday. Fans get excited for his return. 
Watson holds a presser, which he did, I think was that earlier today, saying he wants yes, it to was. play. I listened. Stefanski holds a presser to reinforce he is completely clueless of the whole situation, which I haven't heard yet. And then we're going to watch for Watson as it being a late scratch on Sunday. And then it starts all over again. <laughs> so um, that is the Deshaun Watson. If you're listening to our podcast on Apple or Spotify, I have the graphic of here of that uh, cycle. We have been dealing. We actually, I went back and I looked at all the podcasting that we've been doing, talking about this. This happened in week um, three, right after we played the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, he and got then, hurt in week three. And then it was then gearing week up. Four week was four was Baltimore. And, that's and he when... went out there. Yeah. And then it was a late scratch. And then they had their bye. And we've been dealing with that in weeks, weeks uh, six, seven, and eight now. We've completed. So this is, we're going to week nine, I believe, for the season. Week nine. But we're in game eight for the Brownies. So where do you, um, with all this whole Deshaun Watson, I'll, uh, Re- remove our wonderful graphic. Um, where do you uh, <laughs> fall on all this? You you said before the show off air that you think that he will play on Sunday. I think he's going to play. Um, okay. You know, I'm no doctor. Uh, I'm not there. Um, all these videos that the reporters put out, it's uh, after the portion of the practice that they watch. They're not allowed to tweet while they're watching. So mm-hmm. when they shut down the practice to the media, they all haul mm-hmm. ass out of there and they're all going oh, crazy, really? you know, putting the stuff out. Um, before the indie game, he was uh, grabbing at that harness. Uh, and yeah, the tosses were right. really, really light tosses. Uh, I don't see him going to his arm a lot. I, I, I see. Um, smooth passing, smooth arm. I'm looking at the arm movement. All the reporters yeah. were looking to see if he had zip on the ball. Right. Uh, that's now the new dirty word on social media with, with Cleveland is zip. And <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking at what he's doing before he throws it and after he throws okay, it. Okay. But, but Steve, I've had arm add- problems before and you know, when you when you got a sore arm, you know, you do something, you go, oh, damn. So let me you ask know. you about this, though, Steve, because there was a video circulating yesterday that there were some people in social media land complaining or fellow fans who said they saw Watson kind of shaking his arm out, you know, after the one throw that they showed on a video. Like he was, hmm. it was affecting him. And so... People would go off, go all crazy about, oh, he's not ready. He's going to, you know, it's still, he's, you know. Now, there is the mental side Did to all of this. Did it fall off? Did he pick it back up and reattach it? Now, now you and I have talked about this, and we, we've kind of, I've touched on it on a few of my podcasts, but I still think, and I think a lot, some people, some Browns fans, quite a few probably, and we've, I've had a conversation or two with many, uh, a few, more than a few of Fans that were taught were throwing in this whole mental thing, and that's kind of going back to our, um, you know, our graphic here uh, <laughs> that there is potentially some sort of mental side to this. But you and I disagree on this a little bit. I I still think there is. Um, you you think you're you're sticking to the medical side of it, which you know, 
I'm probably well, off base if, if at that was, time. If, but if there's a mental thing, he wouldn't want to come back and play. He would have said before the Baltimore game, "I need to rest my arm." And you wouldn't have. We wouldn't have been going through this since since uh, before the bye week. But no, I mean that's is, but, that's yeah. human nature. I mean he okay. he wants to get back. I thought he addressed yeah. this last week with his news conference. Uh, yeah, he was very forthright in his answers, and he's you know he basically is, said I wouldn't be doing all this work if I didn't want to play. But so, Steve, this is I, this is okay. I'm sorry. I just I'm, my my what I wanted to get to you ask you on this point is he's going out there. He's doing all these things. He's throwing the ball. The mental part, I don't, okay, I don't see that as the mental part or the issue. I see the mental block as him doing this and like this cycle thing that we were just showing, and he can do those things, and he gets to that moment, you know, that critical moment. It's it's almost building up to a point where it's been five or six weeks now, and everyone's talking about it all the time. He's had all this enormous amount of pressure on him just because of who he is and what's happened in his life. And now you get to those moments. And for some reason, I just feel like there's something that he's just freezing up almost like he's a fearful of taking that next step. And then he gets hit like two weeks <laughs> ago against the Colts. He's lying out there. You know, we all think, Oh gosh, you know, he's done. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess that's the part that I'm, at with the mental what i talk about the mental i think he can go do all these things and i know that you're saying that he wants to play and he's you know he's preparing to play but i just think there's just something in between that and getting on well, that field on is, sunday is there that, apprehension in the in it in uh the, his thinking that if he gets hit again that could be the uh, end of the season uh, yeah, sure. That's human nature. Uh, does he feel pressure? Sure. I mean, everybody keeps mentioning his contract. I'm sure he feels pressure to get back on the field. You know, Cleveland fans aren't the easiest to please, uh, right now and forever. I mean, we, <laughs> let's face facts. Uh, sometimes we're, we're very terrible people. Yes. Um, especially on social media. So, you know, yeah. Uh, is he frustrated that he couldn't come back and play when the team needed him? Sure. He's frustrated. I mean, there's a, bu a bunch of different emotions in, in doing this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't, we'll know if he starts against Arizona and I, I'm thinking he's going to, uh, let's see what he does. I mean, he started slow against Tennessee because the previous game <laughs> against Pittsburgh, right? You know, it, everybody blamed him for the loss because of the strap, the uh, strip sack, and all that. Right. But then after after the Tennessee guy roughed him by hitting him in the throat, which mm. nobody mentions, he came off mm. the field briefly. He completed mm. his next three passes, and the That's third one was a touchdown pass, and boom, right. he was off and rolling. So I think. If he plays, if he gets into that kind of groove, mm -hmm. he'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I want to see him play. Everybody wants to see him play. Um, you know, we are impatient fans. Let's talk about that a little bit because we, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, this Fanatical Elves show. We are part of, uh, we have our, uh, we have various uh, social media platforms. That's how we're building our product. 
and we started this back in April, and we want to thank all of you who tune in, watch us, listen to us on Apple, Spotify, watch us on YouTube. We have gained gained popularity um, on these social media platforms, and that's because of you guys tuning in and listening. So make sure you follow, make, make sure you subscribe. We love producing and talking about the Cleveland Browns. So with that, um, I thought it was really unique. Our colleague Rod Bloom uh, of the Browns Blitz wrote a really clever article. I don't know if you got to see it, Steve. <laughs> I saw on, that, yeah. On Fans First. He, yeah. he texted me a couple nights before he wrote it, and he said this is what he was doing. And I thought it was such a unique idea. And he's uh, uh, he's a great writer. Rod is, writes books and uh, uh, works for some magazine production. Anyway, the article is uh, basically he looks back as though 1986, right. uh, the 1986 Brown season happened, um, occurred after the beginning of social media. So Twitter and Facebook and all this stuff started back then in the mid eighties, early eighties, mid eighties. So it was a great new product and like we have it now in current time, but he went back in time and acted as though <laughs> we were following the old 86 Browns, Bernie Kosar, Brian Brennan, Webster Slaughter, Marty Schottenheimer is the coach. And the 12 he, and four. Yes. Brown. And, but he, he talked in terms of like, yeah, the season got off to a rough start. The team actually started out at one and two. I think they lost two of their first three games and how the yeah. city was, you know, the fan base was, on Twitter and saying all these nasty things about Schottenheimer. And it was really, I mean, you think about it, like this is like a piece that could have been 40 years ago. I mean, 37 right. years ago. And to put it back in that, that light for us, older Browns fans who have, who are actually there and watch these teams without social media, without podcasts, like our Fanatical club show to listen to all of our Browns takes. It just, I thought it was really cool. Uh, neat, neat story writing, and very um, clever, very, yeah, very I, clever. I, I mean, we, I mean, you remember, like, you know, the social. Well, I guess I don't know what my question is exactly, but I, I think it's this this whole error, 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 era of um, sports Either media. Word would have worked. <laughs> I know we. There are a lot of, um, um, for example, there are uh, seasoned radio personalities that I speak to. Uh, you know, Mark the Munch Bishop, uh, who wrote writes for or he's ESPN radio up in Cleveland and worked for uh, other po products, and even like who I interviewed a few weeks ago, Bruce Hooley. Um, you know, these guys uh have been around for a long time, they worked on radio and they've they've talked about you know podcasting. I know Mark Munch Bishop has talked about really not liking you know this whole concept of podcasting because you know folks like me and you we can do it and we, we don't have all that veteran experience or background in radio or or you know djing like like they did well you you have right and i i and will say two and this. a half years <laughs> i will say this i started when i was 12 years old i'll never forget i've told this story probably a time or two but i got interested in radio when i was growing up in wooster ohio and at the college of worcester um they had a radio like summer thing where you could learn about the radio and and i remember i got to go on the weekends and we got to spin records and and uh, <laughs> anyway but i guess it's like the the whole 
business. And Joel kind of touched on this in his show on what the elf was that this week. I mean, social media has just kind of overtaken everything. And I guess we could just all turn it off and not, and, and, and that's what some people choose to do. Um, But those of us who are still on it and follow it, uh, we see so much negativity, so much bashing, which is just not necessary. And it just seems a lot of it, especially on Twitter and the X and some of the, that kind of platform seems like it's just rampant right now with, with negativity and um, people that just shouldn't be um, able to uh, say stuff. <laughs> what do you think about all well, this? Well, they, they should call it. Uh, I told you so media. Because that's why these people are doing it. They're, they're making these these comments and everything. And if it should happen to be right, guess oh my goodness, guess guess who's the first one to come on here? I told you, it's right. um, you know it's well, you you saw a great example of it um, Tuesday up until the trade deadline. Ninety nine percent of what was said about the Browns and who they were looking at. One true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could go on there and say, well, they're talking to, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so team. They've made an offer. No, wasn't true. You know, you you look at what Andrew Barry's done in the past, and I knew they weren't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of hope they'd, you know, get a pass rusher, you know, nobody big name, just to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. get a, a guy that you can put in there on third down, but you know, mm. that didn't happen, and I'm not heard about it. Um, mm. Andrew Berry does his what best work before mm. the season starts. So, you know, and during games, I just – I turn – I I don't even get on my phone. Uh, well, I, well, I and it just seemed – it seems so illogical. It's I mean, still, <laughs> like, 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 like the Jacoby Brissett conversation. I, I don't know – right, and I don't know why some – even local media in Cleveland um, and even some of these podcasters that are, you know, so-called pop more popular, they were really promoting, like saying, Oh, this should, this would be great. I'm like, no, it's why, no. why there's so many reasons why it's not great. Like it's not great. And Andrew Barry would never do that. And just no. nonsense, just nonsense. Well, you know, if, if the Watson injury, if they knew the Watson injury was going to be a long lasting thing, then yeah, they would have went out and picked up a quarterback, but uh, they feel it's not long lasting. Uh, he has looked good the last couple of days. I'm no doctor. I still think this is the perfect get well game for him yeah. before he goes into that gauntlet of uh, at Baltimore and hosting Pittsburgh. Um. This is a perfect team to do it. Uh, their secondary isn't the great. Their secondary is terrible. Mm, I, I know yeah. they have Buda Baker. He's an all pro safety, but all the other guys, forget about it. I mean, quarters throw touch. And that's another thing a lot of fans are upset about. They've only thrown one touchdown pass to a wide receiver. Yeah. And that was Amari Cooper week three against Tennessee. Mm. Um, and I can understand that it's a passing league now, mm. but um you know, consistent quarterback play will cure those ills. Mm-hmm. So let's just, you know, social media, they all think they're a head coach. Uh, yeah. 
they confuse fantasy football with what GMs really do that's, for a living. That's, that's an interesting um, – that is really uh, – I, I agree. I think that part we're not talking about enough, but this whole fantasy league stuff, it's really kind well, of – A lot of people in. are mad at Deshaun Watson because they had him – they picked him up against Baltimore thinking he was going to play on their fantasy team. But, oh, too late. <laughs> Can't change it. Well, that, well you know, that doesn't really have anything to do with <laughs> your fantasy league has nothing to do with the Cleveland Browns. Well, I well, hate to tell you this. Let's, let's talk about um, this AFC uh, North real quick. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing Tennessee Titans tonight on Thursday night football. And yep. then um, where do you, Will Levis. See, where do you think the Browns right now, where, where is um, these, this game against the Cardinals doesn't mean as much, but like, Joel and Elliot were talking on their brownie acts that then they get it, then they have to play the Steelers and then they play Baltimore here coming up pretty quick. Um, where do you think, Cle- I mean, that's th- these two games are going to be true and, and rough and tough. Do you oh, think yeah. the Browns stand a chance? And do you think the Browns still are in a good position to win the division? And if they don't well, win the he's... division, how many teams do you think from the AFC North get to the playoffs? Because right now, Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow are starting to catch fire. Well, um, I think these next two games determine if they can still win the division. If mm-hmm. they can somehow go into Baltimore, let's say they will beat Arizona. Arizona's not a very good team, but I should never take any team for granted. Just ask Kansas City last work for last week versus right. Denver. Um but they should beat Arizona. They're at home. It's not going to be the greatest weather in the world, I hear. So um, then they go to Baltimore. Very tough game. Yeah. Then they host Pittsburgh. Another tough game. If they can manage to beat Pittsburgh and Baltimore, then mm-hmm. they have a great shot of winning the division. Mm-hmm. And you're right about Cincinnati. Cincinnati, if the playoffs started right now, three teams from the AFC North would be in the playoffs. And the Bengals aren't one of them. Think about that. Wow. Well, yeah. could all could we get all four teams in? Is that possible? No, I don't think. Uh, no, there's three wild cards. Uh, well, it's possible. It is possible. Yeah. Um, but I can't see that happening. Cincinnati's starting to scare me a little bit. They really they slapped are. around San Francisco. Or maybe San Francisco wasn't as great as everybody thought they were (laughs) maybe they crowned them a little too early uh it's a long season and you know right now san francisco's going down and uh, other teams like cincinnati are on their way up yeah but uh well i think the overall picture though and i think as browns fans i think we've talked about it enough here but it it's willing it's something to to share out again is that where the browns are right now compared to where they were five, six, seven, ten years ago, is so ginormously different and better. Oh, yeah. And people are have such short-term memory loss that they don't – like these fans who are ripping Kevin Stefanski right now, and, you know, this is year four, and, you know, this is a good thing for the Cleveland Browns organization. And fans that want to part ways with Stefanski right now are just – talking silly and i i understand and i've been on that uh position before but but we talked about this coming into the season B- but the browns like we know are four and three 
you know, if they were one and in they seven, be. <laughs> they were right. And if, but if they were one in six or two and five, I would be a little bit more down, but I think we've seen considering everything that's happened and we've playing PJ Walker and we've lost Nick Chubb and we've lost Jack Conklin, all these things. Um, this is pretty, pretty good. And if the Browns fans uh, can't, appreciate the fact that the Browns are playing in a tough division, but have an opportunity every year now to make the playoffs. Granted, we haven't made it for the last couple of years. I that's a, it's a good place to be. And I I'm happy where at a four and three record, I, if you, had, you and I both know this, if we were talking about this eight weeks ago, we said, well, if we were four and three at this point in the season, would you be happy? I'm like, yes. Yeah, because yeah, I was this is kind of where I figured they would yeah. be is four and three. I mean, that was a tough first part of the schedule. People don't forget how much we we all talked about it. Uh, how tough that schedule! As soon as the schedule was announced, everybody was like, "Oh boy, that front part of the schedule, man!" But if they can make it through at uh, four and three after seven, yeah, that that would be pretty good. Well, here we are. You said uh, you've said a lot going into this season too. You said after week six, uh, you would you would be more you would evaluate the team more. I mean, you've said that a time or two. Uh, you know, we're going in the week. Well, the uh, week Nine. eight. So how do you? Yeah, how do you assess the team, well, the Browns? Just as we we're, we're going to cut, uh, we're going to finish up with your comments here. Well, uh, special teams are a lot better than I thought they'd be. Um, they're, I think they're ranked number one in, uh, efficiency defense is good. Are they the greatest defense ever? Are they the 85 bears or the 2000 Ravens? No, they're not. You can still run on them. Uh, it's a little concerning, uh, last three games, they've allowed a, uh, uh, a late score by the opposition. Uh, they, they, they seem to, and for the third game in a row, they started slow and ended slow. Right. Um, so I'm a little worried about that. They're still good defense. Um, now the offense, nobody saw all this quarterback stuff happening before the season started. Um, but I hate to tell you this. Uh, if you want the Browns to make the playoffs and possibly go to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to have a healthy Deshaun Watson. Right. That's it. Bottom line. You know, that's it. So. Going forward, let's see what he can do against a not a very good team in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, and get a little healthy, get some of that timing back for this mm -hmm. rough stretch starts of these two games. Yeah. But uh, if you look at the teams behind the Browns, do yeah. any of them really scare you? Do the Jets scare you? No. Do the Patriots scare you? No, I mean, every team has had bad games. I mean, Miami hangs 70, and then the next week they get drunk. There, there really Kansas has been a – Denver um, and loses. I mean, it's it's a weird NFL season. Quarterback play weird. stinks throughout the league. I mean, right. Buffalo. Is Buffalo really that formidable right now? Mm. Not really. So, you know. That's a good point. Yeah, Baltimore and then you guys – really good, but – you got quarterback going down left and right. You got Kirk Cousins yeah. going out for the season. You've got uh, Jack. Uh, you got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being benched. I had an idea. Well, 
I know Tony Grossi loves Jimmy Garoppolo. And when yes, I saw he that he got benched by the Raiders this week, I had this thought running through my head. It's would the, would the Browns consider bringing in Jimmy? Um, if you know, we knew more, but we don't want to go down that road. We don't think everything. I think we think that Deshaun's going to be out there Sunday. So uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, Steve, even if he you. you know, PJ Walker, is going to be that bad. I mean, no, like I, I, said, I will be there. This um, team is, is not the greatest in the world. <laughs> stepdaughter, uh, wonderful daughter, Kara Marie, and I will be up at the game uh, Sunday. Oh, uh, cool. I'm hoping, I'm hoping the midges, the midges, uh, those little buggies, um, midges. midges will be, um, I call them midgets and I get in trouble. Um, so, so the midges, when I went to the game two weeks ago or three weeks ago with my lovely wife, Laura Jean, they were around um, a little bit at the stadium. Not like they were like last year when we played against the Los Angeles Chargers game. It was awful. Um, and then I saw my cousins that live on along the lake up there in Euclid. They were having the midges um, a lot that week after we last saw them play um, three weeks ago. So now we've had a couple hard freezes around the area. Now the lake, I don't think it got as cold up there. So I hope to God <laughs> that the midges <laughs> are gone because I just, Oh, it was, I mean, seriously, like they were in your, they were everywhere on you. They would coat you like you looked like you had a, a coat of bugs on you. It was terrible, but hopefully the Browns win. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining us again tonight. Um, we'll try to bring you now. I will be traveling. I don't know, Steve, if you want to do a, a pregame show, um, but we can talk about that. Uh, we'll do some sort of pregame uh, for you here on the Fanatical Elves Network. Thanks for, again, following us on Apple and Spotify. Folks, if you have a friend who is a Browns fan, tell them about the Fanatical Elves, and they will enjoy listening to our entertaining shows. We've got Steve, who brings it every week with the Dog Pound South. Uh, I have my Johnny Cleveland podcast, which will be coming up here shortly. Um, we do our What the Elf Was That, the Browniacs. We've got the new Oracle shows that uh, the Village Elliot is producing, <laughs> along with Rod Bloom's The Browns Blitz. You can't miss out, man. So much, so much. Thanks again, everybody. Steve, take care. Go Browns. Go Browns. See you all later. See you all later. Let me see if I can find my music. Got to uh -oh. find my music. Where is find it? Find that uh -oh. music. Uh, Today that's funky music whiteboard.